Social Media Serenity Podcast Episode Number 60. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Social Media Serenity. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and today we're going to do a very special episode. I'm going to play for you an entire talk given by our good friend and co-host of the show, Eric Fisher, from PodCamp Boston. All right, everybody. So here's the deal. Uh, Just this past weekend, I spent a great weekend with my wife and also a great weekend with my good friend, Eric Fisher, in Boston, Massachusetts for PodCamp Boston 5. And during that time, um, Eric gave a talk on social media, social networking, and really gave a, a great talk talking about, you know, the pro- putting things in proper priority and, and creating a place and, and really pursuing a balanced life uh, and, and, and as it comes down to social media. Rather than go on and on about what he talked about, I'm just going to go ahead and play the entire talk in full in its entirety and just know this we will be back in the studio next week with another full episode of social media serenity so i'm just going to ask you right now please give us a call with your voicemail feedback at 859-795-4067 again the phone number 859-795-4067 and leave us your feedback and questions related to social networking social media in general and we'll see you next week. The title of this is Social Media Serenity. And uh, I'm going to cue you in right now that I basically used some keywords to get you to come in here, which was social media and also serenity. <laughs> so you click the link, you're here. Let me tell you what you're going to get out in case you want to use the, the law of two feet. But that said, um, we're going to talk about being productive, and we're going to talk about if you've ever felt any of these words describes your life. If you've ever felt unmotivated or fatigued or overwhelmed and underprepared, I'm using my uh, Steve Jobs theme here, and um, I'm sure we've all at one point felt that way. One of these words are all four at the same time. Discouraged. Discouraged. That's a great one. I would almost put that in with unmotivated and, well, that that's, fits, fits. They're all different forms of, eh, I can't do this. So, and if you've ever felt what I call the Schindler's List ending syndrome, where Liam Neeson is, is looking back and saying, this watch and this, you know, my car, and I could have done more. I could have gotten more. And, you know, he's specifically talking about getting Jews that he had been sneaking out of the internment camps and everything, which is nothing to do with productivity. But you could have done more. That feeling, that I'm wasting time, or I where'd my day go? Where is my attention being spent. So that's what we're going to talk about. And if you're interested in that, then stay here. We're going to jet through this. We'll talk. We'll hopefully come to a point where you realize that you can become Batman 
and uh, have some scheduling in your, your routines. You can deal with your distractions and you can maintain focus. And ultimately, I'm going to start with talking about scheduling and routines and then looking at dealing with distractions being the defense in terms of this, this workflow and that maintaining focus is the offense. Does that kind of make sense? Flow is you, you, in any game, you've got this defense where you don't want to be scored upon, but at the same time, you want to score, and that's where maintaining the focus comes from. So, and my dad used to quote something that used to drive me nuts. I think he really wrote it. Common sense isn't really all that common. We're going to be talking about some stuff here that is really some of the bare bones stuff of life that we all know we need to create a budget when it comes to our money. We also know that there's one thing to be said for creating that budget and there's another to balancing that budget and actually working it out in the nitty gritty day to day life. But that's money. Why don't we do that with time and our energy to where we create a balance, uh, create a budget, one, some people get that far to say, okay, I'm going to have priorities. I'm going to um, say what is important in my life, and then I will follow through on that. But they don't go to the next part, which is creating the way to balance that time or energy budget. So I used to dr it just drive me nuts when my dad would say that. I was like, well... Yeah, that's true, but you're my dad, so I'm not going to listen to you. Here's a quote from C.S. Lewis. I said we were going to do church this morning, and he's talking specifically about spiritual life, but it applies perfectly to this situation. I'm going to go ahead and read this. This is what the real problem of the Christian life comes where people do not usually look for it. It comes the very moment you wake up each morning... All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back, in listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other, larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, and so on, all day. Standing back from all your natural fussings and frettings, coming, out, coming in out of the wind. If you didn't know, C.S. Lewis wrote, you know, Chronicles of Narnia. There's some movies being made. They're still making them. They're pretty good. And um, he's one of my favorite authors. But anyway, you get the point of what he's saying is first thing in the morning, you can actually already feel defeated. Like, oh, crap, I'm already behind. And I've just picked up my iPhone off my nightstand and started checking my emails. Which I don't recommend. I, I personally will keep the electronic devices somewhere else when I first wake up. But that's just me. Um... I think what he's really talking about here is priorities as well as opportunity cost. Now, if you, you may not know, you may not have ever heard about this, you may have, but I know you all know what it means even if you have never heard this before. Ultimately, this is the difference in return between a chosen investment and one that is passed up. Now, let me take that out of the business world and explain this. You guys are all in this session. That means you're not in one of the other three sessions or out doing your own session. There's a cost to that. It's either you're, you're getting a benefit here, but you won't get whatever the benefit would have, could have been, and you can do that worry game all the time, with any of the other sessions. So you pick and choose accordingly 
it's every every decision you make every day. Am I going to have the Starbucks or am I going to drink the healthier water choice this morning? I did both. <laughs> and for example, how many people here are morning people? Okay, it's a good good chunk of you. The the others that aren't, um, let me just say I am too. But here's the thing: Do you remember when you? Uh, for some of you, this is closer than others. When you would wake up, you would hate to wake up on a... <laughs> that's great. When you would wake up in the morning on weekday mornings, you'd have to go to school. And it's like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to get ready. I don't want to go to school. And yet, the best cartoons were on on Saturday morning, early in the morning, that same time or earlier that you would go to school. And you didn't have a problem getting up then for the reason of... There was a priority there. There's this opportunity cost of, well, I could sleep in on this day, but instead, I'm going to choose cartoons. I used to do that all the time. Um, so those are the two examples I'm giving about uh, opportunity cost. So that, that's really what we're talking about here is you can't say yes to everything. You can't. It's not possible because when you say yes to one thing, you are saying no to another thing. Regardless of what it is, regardless if you don't even know what that other thing is, you're saying no to. Okay. The flip side happens if you say no to certain things, there may be stuff out there that you're actually saying yes to and you don't realize it. You're opening yourself up. So, that said, prioritize. I highly suggest taking taking literally take an hour, take a weekday, take a take a week take a weekend even. Go get away. And just, what am I doing with my life? Play the 5, 10, 20 game, or 5, 10, 15. I've done that a couple times with friends, where it's like, you look ahead and you say, in five years, where do I want to be? What do I want to do? Okay, now that I've done that, what's ten, what do you think could be possible in 10 years? What do you think could be possible in 15, 20 years? Okay, so what do I do now? About that, some of this stuff you've got to set up certain steps, and then you know the next step, and the next step. In terms of obviously, I can't be a millionaire. Um, well, you could be a millionaire. You could be a millionaire. Anybody could be a millionaire here yeah. in five years if you had the right plan and then steps in place. I'm talking macro, you know, big picture, five years, ten years, fifteen years. But then you scale it back, and you're like, okay, what can I do about this? You know, if I say right now, five years, I want to be a millionaire, which we could all do. What do I need to do in each of the years in that five up to that point? Then, what do I need to do this year? Then, what do I need to do in all these months in this year? And so on and so on. You get sm- What do I need to do right now? Well, I just prioritize. So that's step one. But I highly suggest doing this. Um, here's my Twitter bio. This is why... I, this I'm going to tell, tell you who I am. And this is why. Because each of these things here... I'm pursuing a balanced life, which I am just going to rewrite. This, this, uh, it's a brand that I stole, or I'm pointing to, I should say. Uh, Cliff here in the front, that is one of the shows that he does on his uh, network. Pursuing a balanced life, hashtag PABL, of faith, marriage, fatherhood, social media, podcast, and video production. That all, I do all those things. All those things are my priorities, and I've put them in order. So I know that... When things are jug- being juggled, that if it comes down to it and I really need to stay home or I need to, if I can't fit in working on this podcast right now because my wife needs me to do something, well, I know which one comes first 
And I also know, because I've prioritized and looked ahead on my schedule, oh, I can do this later tonight. No, no big deal. That's the beauty of having the schedule, is the fact that you are being able to be allowed to work ahead with less stress. You can deal with last-minute changes, and you can be spontaneous. Um, my wife is more spontaneous than me. I am a planner. She is spontaneous. Drives us nuts. Because... She wants to be able to just say, hey, let's go do this right now. Okay, that wasn't the plan. But by me having a plan and having what needs to be done by when with the deadlines and knowing how flexible things actually are, it's the same. I mean, if you look at this, it's like, is there money in the account for this thing? Is there time in the account for this? Is this a different account? It's not money. It's time. It's also energy. If you, if you are, you know, less stress means more energy. Then you know, okay, we've got the wiggle room in the, you know, blow money to where I could spend on this. Well, I've got the wiggle room here where I can move this thing, whatever it is, based on where it's been projected in the priorities in the calendar, and I can move it and say, okay, yeah, let's do a date night tonight. Wasn't planning on it, but it'll be awesome, and I can do the, the thing I was going to do tonight, tomorrow, or a different day. There's no set deadline on it. So, oh, it's still not working. Anyway, here, let me, let me play this out in a, you're a podcaster, you're a blogger, you're a person that tweets or uses, let's, let's really apply it to social media for a second here, okay? Content creation methods. What I've seen is panic mode. You panic. You've got to write this thing. You've got to have this thing done, whatever it is. So you do some quick research, you write it up, you edit it, and you publish it. A lot of people don't get past this point where they are in constant content creation panic mode. I've been there. I think we've all been there, probably. You've got to get it done immediately. I mean, some of the stuff you maybe are thinking about right now, you want to spit out onto the internet, and literally it's, it's spitting instead of crafting it. That said, here's, here's the other word. The kids are asleep mode. Okay, well, you'll grab some coffee. You can fit it in. And you'll do the researching, the writing, the editing, the publishing, and then get some more coffee and uh, try and stay awake at odd hours because you're fitting it in the last possible minute. It's, it's a step away from panic mode, but it's, okay, I didn't get to do it at the time I wanted to because my life is in chaos. And now I'm moving into, okay, they're asleep. I'll do it now. Here's the one I suggest, the margin mode, where you research, you write, and edit, and schedule. And repeat. Well, and relax, sorry. And then repeat. And keep doing this. There is no way that... that relax thing. <laughs> you gotta relax. Um, write what you need to. Write it ahead of time. Constantly have... For example, even before the iPhone came out, I was always carrying these. Uh, a pen and a little flip-open little notebook that anywhere I am... I could write down a quick idea for something and say, oh, that would make a great, you know, whatever it is, just a, a poem, a, I gotta write a letter to so-and-so. So that then at the end of the day, I could, this is, this is GTD stuff, getting things done. If you haven't read the book, getting things done, get that book. Um, that basically, at any point in time, you're carrying around and collecting and capturing ideas that when you're ready to at the end of the day or the next morning, whatever, works for your schedule, you then take what you've had and move it to where it contextually needs to go that you remember 
or are reminded to do those things. And so again, margin mode. There's no there's no way people who blog every single day like a Chris Brogan they are do they are boom 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 boom. Here, hey, in the course of a day, I've had five, he'll have five ideas for a blog post. He'll maybe hash it out a little bit. Then he'll put it away. And then, as time goes on, he'll revisit those. He's always got them in the hopper. He's working forward again and again and again. I mean, I'm, I'm, I believe from what I've read about what he's doing, he's probably got at least 20 to 50 seeds of ideas in different germination process timelines that we don't see now until they come out eventually. And he's got them done, and then he probably does a last-minute pass at the very last second and then posts it instead of scheduling it out, which I would do. I mean, you never know how... It, it's always good to edit again, write something, leave it alone for 24 hours, then come back. Oh, that sounds horrible. Let me rewrite that. That's the way that I'm suggesting, is you don't... He, he is not sitting down every day, writing that post for the day, and then posting it right then. That is not what he's doing. I know that from... <laughs> so... And, and why not do it this way? Why not write ahead, have a flow to where you can, you can, you know, have a flow to where you're taking your readers or your podcast listeners or video watchers. You can do this with video clips. Um, edit can mean anything. Schedule it out and then relax. You have this margin. You've got this, this, these episodes in the hopper. Um, let me give you an example. Um, my friend, of my, friend of mine and I, we had a podcast. It was just a cute little comedy podcast we did. We stopped doing it because we enjoyed it, but it wasn't our passion. We've now started a new podcast, which is in iTunes, but we haven't locked, launched it yet, so don't go looking for it. But it's Wellness Break Radio. And I'm the newbie. He's the intermediate, and then we have another friend who is the quote-unquote expert. I hate using that word, but in our t- I can call him that because he's not saying it himself. That's, that's the way that word works for me. And we are six episodes already recorded, but we have not launched the show yet because we want to stay ahead of the game. We want to be consistent. We want to release one a week, and so we are recording them that far out. And then releasing one a week. We've already got three in the feed. We're going to have three. We've got three as backups. So we're three weeks ahead of ourselves at this point, and that's comfortable, and that's doable, and that's. I actually plan to get further ahead than that, and then start integrating comments and questions. So, that said, that's how it kind of works out. So, dealing with distractions. This is the defensive. This is the putting a bubble, raising your shield, so that the things outside of you, the external cannot sap away your energy and your time without you allowing it. So, unplug. Unplug. I mean, ultimately, after this weekend is done, I will probably take a day or two next week, somewhere in there, and I will probably leave my phone off and stay off Twitter and uh, just decompress. I actually did a week off of all social media back in, when was that, July? I don't know. It was great to be able to just not feel like there was this constant pull, nagging at was like, picture a little Twitter bird on your shoulder trying to tweet, say, I want to say something, I want to say something, or you, you know you want to say something. It was, it was funny because I actually got a lot of writing ideas out of that week by not, I would think of something I would actually go tweet, and instead of tweeting it, I would write the idea down, and then go, and then I came back to it a week later, and I had all these ideas, and it's just like, this is great, and I didn't tweet them out, so nobody's heard it before. So, 
turn off Facebook chat. You know that you don't want to hear from that high school friend right now in the middle of work in your cubicle. That is not... One, that's stealing from your employer because you're using your time to talk with your high school friend or, or whoever. Old girlfriends, boyfriends. You don't, And then you don't want to talk to them. So turn it off. Specifically turn it on at a certain point if you're, you're looking to chat with somebody. I don't have any problem with that. But turn it off. Um, turn off push notifications. That's something that I think we have a problem with. With where at any point in time somebody can get a hold of you and you don't necessarily need that information overload um, where you're constantly checking Twitter Twitter has become the refrigerator door if you're bored and you go walk to t- Twitter's become the refrigerator door where you're bored and instead of walking to the refrigerator it's like standing there there's nothing in here you open up Twitter and you start looking at Twitter and it's like oh there's nothing in here same thing and you can be, I mean, you can, you can even be pared down on how many people you're following, but still, it happens. And beware of the addiction. Some people in here, you know what I'm talking about, it's refrigerator door, you need to have a Twittervention and have somebody tell you, get off Twitter. Um, when I started using push notifications on my iPhone, it drove my, my wife nuts. Because I would look down and I would look and I would write something and then I would put it away. I've actually gotten to the point where I'm getting better at I will take maybe two or three five minute chunks throughout an evening after the work day when I'm home and my priority is family that I will then allow myself okay five minutes and I will go and I will not be in their presence and I will do something and then I will send it and be done you know reply do some interaction because it's not all about automated tweets although I did automate a tweet to go out while we're here, which which we will get to. So, this is the pomodoro. This means tomato in Italian. This is where you maintain focus. We'll get to this in a second. But maintaining focus is the offense. That's where you get out your sword and you start slaying the dragons of getting your work done. This is where you've had your plan, you know what needs to be done by when, and you've got it on your time. However, taking a walk, well, for some of us, taking a walk would be offense because one of our goals is to lose weight. So, multitasking, that's a lie. I don't care what you say, it's a lie because you cannot really, you, you, you are a human being and you have a limited amount of RAM in your attention. It's just a fact. And when some people say that they are multitasking, what they are really saying is, I'm doing a few things at once. They're not doing any of those things at 100%. They're doing them at lower percents. Whether you're listening to somebody and typing something and, and also listening to music in the background and so on and so on. I hate public gatherings where I've got people talking and there's music playing. I don't do good at those kind of things because my attention just gets frazzled. But multitasking... That's the tweet I scheduled, is a, don't believe the lie of multitasking. There's a Lifehacker article that I tweeted out while I've been standing here. I, I wholeheartedly believe in the scheduling of tweets. Some people say that's not proper social media etiquette. You, could, you should not schedule tweets. You should always be there to answer your tweets. Well, that's cool, but at the same time, once in a while, there's an optimal time to release a tweet. And it's not when I'm going to be online, and I've chosen not to be there. And it's and I will react to it, and I will interact with people at a different blocked-out schedule time. 
it's important to do that. But multitasking, it's a lie. Let me let me I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to multitask, I'm trying to look in. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? It's it's that RAM. It's don't tweet and drive. Don't text and drive. You can't I think we could all agree you should not be doing that. <laughs> You can do it. You have the ability to do that. You can do both those things at once, but both those things suffer. You can't fully drive while you're texting. You can't fully text. Well, you, maybe you can, but you are endangering your life. You can get away with it, but here's the thing. Use tools. What most people think of as multitasking is actually really either fast task switching, which again is splintering your focus, or... Um, they think of it as it, what it really is that they're doing is they are doing automation. They're really doing scheduling and automation with a tool. Use tools. Um, say they're processing something on a computer and then they're switching over to email. Well, that's not multitasking because the computer's doing the work. You're not processing this file. You're not uploading this file. You're not doing that. I mean, you are getting a, an accomplishment done on your to-do list, but the computer is doing it for you. Let tools do the work for you while you do the things that only you can do. Makes sense, right? Templates. If you're going to type it over and over and over, make your com- why don't you just make your computer type it over and over and over with a few keystrokes? I love Text Expander. I love Inbox Zero. Um, I'm not going to even go into Inbox Zero because there, you can go to inboxzero.com or 43folders.net and Merlin Mann has a ton of amazing things there. Go check that out. I don't need to waste your time with that. But just let me, I'll let you know, I have maybe five emails in my inbox personally and I have zero in my work email. And that's it. And I stay, that's where I live because I've been practicing this for so long. So... And we're working with maintaining focus. This is the attack. Pomodoro Technique, if you've not heard of this, you can go to pomodorotechnique.com. There is a free PDF ebook there. Explains the whole thing. Talks a little bit about it more in depth. depth. Yeah. Pomodoro, if you don't know, is, again, the tomato. It's the t- tomato timer that people use for cooking. Um, the reason that's used, it's the timer. You ch- choose a task, set the thing for 25 minutes, Pomodoro's the timer. You work on that task until it rings. So you've, you've said, okay, I'm going to do this one thing for this set amount of time, and I will not do anything else, no interruptions, until that rings. No matter how much you get done, you're focused and you're working on that one thing, single focus. You get a lot more done that way, trust me, because you're not letting other things in. Um, and for those of you who need to feel the uh, satisfaction of checking off a, all right, I did that one, check it off. Feels good to check things off to-do list, doesn't it? Sometimes I'll make a to-do list of about three things, and the first thing on the list is make to-do list, and then I'll check it off just to feel the momentum going. Um, Then you take a short break. You can do five minutes, you can do ten, whatever, but not so much so that you start going off into the ether of other things. But take a breather, take the walk, and do it all over again. Set it for another 25 minutes, same task. Knock that tree down, and that instead of what, basically what I'm saying is, is don't move from tree to tree to tree and chop each one one time, and then look back at your day and say, I didn't chop any trees down today. There's a lot of trees here with cuts in them, but I didn't knock any tree down today. Instead, knock one tree down, 
And then if you have time in the day, go to the next one. At the end of the day, you'll have a lot more to show for your work. By no- oh, hey, one tree. Oh, I, this was a five tree day. I knocked five trees down instead of having no trees down. So, ultimately, what I'm talking about here is common sense. And like my dad said, common sense is not really all that common. But with these steps in place, with making priorities of what what is your life about, and then scheduling in steps and making you know natural progression you know make a to-do list nothing wrong with to-do lists um what steps would it take to get to for you to feel in the in the micro areas of this macro like for example family all right i want to we want to go on vacation you know just in that that's a that's a, a sub category of family or fatherhood or even marriage it fits in all three of them for me and it's like well what steps do i need to do to get to there and so on and so on. Okay, well, I need to do this. Then I need to, you know, research the thing, and then I need to make sure we got the. We need to. Then we need to enact the budget, and then we. But by gritting that out and no, and being aware of those things and getting it out of your mental ram, you will feel refreshed and be able to handle this stuff. Um, then you take you take out your shield of defending your um, dis- from distractions, and then you get out your sword where you attack your to do list, and there you go. So, that's all I have. Do you guys have any questions? And do you have any, this this has or hasn't worked for me stuff, and we can all talk about that. Yeah. What do you use to schedule your tweets in the future? I am using Hootsuite. I found it's the easiest to do because I can write something out, have it go to Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, even ping.fm, which goes to all those other places. So, that yeah, of choice for scheduling. That's the, And there's an iPhone app. Yeah. Um, as far as your email goes and the you know, zero in box type deal, um, I find that I do separate them all automatically going folders, but I don't see things come up. So I've been using Trillion that gives me notification to tell me when something comes in. And I just wondered if there was some other tool that you use so you know to go looking in those boxes. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um... Uh, to to me, I prefer to have it all come in at the same place and do a quick pass and say, okay, this needs delegated, so I, I'll I'll tag it with with something saying delegate and so on. I don't go ahead and finish your thought. Okay, I have a thought to add. Okay, um, I like to have it all come into the same place and then tell it what to do or mark it as star it or tag it or assign it or, for example, with work. Those are easy for me because a lot of the stuff that'll come in is something that I can do a text expander or a copy paste from an FAQ file and hit reply. Um, others, when I can't do it right away, I will move it to an action folder, and that once my inbox is clear, I will move over to action um, unless it's a higher priority. Like, hi, supervisor, I need to talk to you right now. Oh, well, I'll just get up and go do that right then. If it's less than two minutes, that's going to take you to do it. You'll feel better if you take the two minutes to do it and, and then archive the, the email, at least in my experience, than to have it sitting there. So, I don't know if that answers your question, but... Yeah, it does. It just, you know, need to gain some insight as to how other people are. I know Cliff knows a lot about Inbox Zero as well. Do you use uh, Gmail by chance? I do. 
Well, what I do in Gmail, I, I try not, I, I like the, having everything come into the inbox as well. But one thing I don't like to have come into the inbox is a newsletter. A newsletter is something that I never will want to look at as soon as it comes in. And But if I want to, but you, you're right, if you actually filter those automatically to go into a folder, you don't see them come in. So what I've decided to do is I actually set aside time in my budget to actually sit down and actually view those kind of materials. And if you go in and mark them all as red, then what happens on the left-hand side in Gmail, that, that tag actually is, is, is not bold. But if something new actually gets filtered into there, there's an unread message, it's bold. And so instead of hiding those tags on the left-hand side, you'll see, a, you'll see that it's bold and it'll have a number of parentheses that tells you how many unread messages are inside that tag. Right. Have you or anybody else used the Gmail priority inbox yet? I haven't been trying to, yeah, what, yeah. I'm yeah. just curious how the experience has gone for you, if you recommend it or not. I'm using it for like a weekend. It seems it seems pretty good, but I think you have to take a lot of time to like rate each email that you receive. You have to train so, it. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it supposedly uses all the messages that you've used in the past. Mine was mine was okay. It wasn't amazing. Okay. But I think to the extent that you take the time and designate stuff that's important, it'll recognize that and it makes it, makes it pretty easy. The start section on that I noticed doesn't have my latest stars, but it it almost seems like it rates priority to things that I either didn't open or saved for a really long time. That actually does show me these things that it let sit for a long time, but I really didn't want to have fall down. So I, I noticed that it, it gets trained pretty well. But the starred, I don't feel like it works. But I want when I start something, I want it to all be in the start. So I have to go switching in the start. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. What I've used is the multiple inboxes uh, thing in Gmail Labs, which it's been around for a long time before priority inboxes is a lot simpler it's all that training involved because you can basically set it up to be like how I use it is I use it I use it for all my starred emails when I star something it goes like a little thing at the top of the pane on top of the normal Gmail inbox so really like for me in a multiple inbox where I have all my star emails that's my inbox and I try to keep that like around like five or so and then everything else in people that big mess just like my archives. So anything I need to pay attention to, I star and it ends up in my multiple inboxes. I think that you could train it also, or you could set it up so that like it could be like a filter, like any email that has this label or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be starred, but sort of a simpler approach to what Priority Inbox does without as much training necessary. You can sort of be like anything that's labeled X, go here, or anything that's star, go here. And yeah, I mean, in, technically, before they even enacted it, you could have you could create a filter that says anything that comes in from so and so automatically star it, and so then the first thing you check when you see your you go to your Gmail inbox is oh I've got three starred emails here and it's from these three people that are key people that I know you need to always see if they've got something important for me first. So I mean that's that's exactly what you're kind of doing already. Yeah. Um, does anybody use unsubscribe? In other words, periodically, once a month, I'll go in <coughs> and unsubscribe. And I, I force myself to go in and say, okay, i got to unsubscribe to <laughs> 10 <laughs> items. And it forces me to kind of think, do I really need this stuff? Yeah. And, and the other thing is, I use RSS a lot, and my Google Reader is where I actually go to get what I really want to find out. Mm -hmm. And you manage your time a lot better, for me anyway by feeding everything to Google Reader, and then I can really, in the scan of an eye, find something that I'm really interested in. And I, I don't spend more than 10 minutes a day on, on email. I just don't. It's, to me, it's a monumental waste of time. And uh, 
So I, just by forcing the unsubscribe and going to Google, and in Google Reader, I find actually a lot of the stuff that I, that's how I found this podcast. Uh, I didn't find it through anything else except through my notice that I found in Google Reader. So, uh, but I want to bring up another issue, and that's sure. the issue of discouragement. I mean, there are days uh, when I get up and I have to force myself to get down on the machine and do what I call a critical focus time, which is before I do and I have kids, so they got to go to school. You know, we're up at 6, the kids are out at 7. There's a lot of stuff going on. And, uh, and talk about this, distractions and the teenagers. Anybody have teenagers? Um, and so, you know, I, 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 I'm very interested to find out what techniques you guys are using to get by that moment. I mean, it doesn't happen every day, but there's a cycle in the month where, you know, you get up and you say, I, I can't do this. And, and you have to do it. Um, so, and in my case, you know, it's just concentrating on taking a half hour, just like you said, get a timer, and do it. And, you know, even if the writing sucks, just do it. And, but it's hard. And then you got to kind of work your way through the rest of the day. And in my case, if you're sitting up behind a computer for seven hours, it's not very healthy. So I have, I used to run, and I hurt my stuff. So I walk. And, you know, I have a five-mile circuit that I'll go out and walk every day. I don't care if it's rain, shine, whatever. And that kind of creates the juices again. But there's got to be a technique. <laughs> I mean, I haven't found it yet to get by that that phase, that fog that you have to get through. I think we all get there. Sometimes I find it difficult time that I approach it will help. Like, take everything that you would do at the end of the day, push it to the beginning, just to change it up, because you get you hit a wall, you hit a barrier, just feel daunting. Well, I mean, I think you're a fundamental, everybody here is a social animal. So to get stuck behind a machine, you know, in, in your office, mm -hmm. without that contact, office, right? Yeah. Maybe go to right. jelly. What? Maybe go to jelly. Right. Or go to Starbucks. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, it's a co-working space, maybe not in Starbucks. Right. It's an office building, and it's in a warehouse. So, the, the way a jelly tends to work, just in case there's those that, that have not experienced jelly before, um, what happens is, is one person goes and says, okay, I have a bunch of electronic uh, plugs available, I've got Wi-Fi, I've got open spaces, this is how many people that are allowed to attend said jelly, people RSVP, once they RSVP, they then get the address of that location, and what happens is all these people that normally would be at home, and they'd be working on the computer at home, end up having the social interaction of seeing other people, and sometimes you might even find yourself collaborating, or even getting advice from other people that are at the jelly. So even though it has the term, term jelly, just kind of having that understanding of everybody jelly together in this uh, space of people that you may never, ever speak to. Just to help clarify that. That's a great idea. Um, what you do is, is that there's various websites that are out there, so you would follow the jelly that's in your market. There's, there's a couple of directories that I find that they're very regional, so I just Google it or I ask on Twitter and 
exclude them because everyone's contributing? Sometimes they're free, sometimes they're not. Just mm -hmm. Sometimes they can yeah. help, like, five dollars for oh, the okay. cost of the Wi-Fi. I'm just Jay's there's also a I'm going to find the link and I'll tweet it out there is a great video it's about five minutes it's John Cleese from Monty Python that was out recently um, and it's not funny well he, he is funny he's always funny but um, he's talking about his productivity his creative time how he uh, he says there's this little turtle inside me and I have to get to this oasis place that I set up that then I let the turtle know it's okay to come out. And anyway, it's so funny to watch, and it's so true. It's it's you've got to create that space. Whether it's you know, it, it, I don't have a place in my house that is not that is a quiet place where I can actually sit down and write. I actually have more quiet space in my cubicle at work than I do at home. So me going to a Starbucks, though it's maybe a little more ambience and noise and whatever, is actually a place that's in a sense jarring in a good way to get you out of your zone and you can sit down and be creative or plan or think or whatever. So, I like the Pomodoro technique, although I've been introduced to one that's a little bit shorter time mm -hmm. doing things in 15 minute yeah. chunks you rather can, than you can 25 that minute and you can, and that might be something that, that could help. I've, I've found that during the summer when I'm not working at school, it's sometimes very easy to let those distractions, so getting those, knowing that you can do anything for 15 minutes yeah. um, and scheduling it that way sometimes might be a way of changing it up too. I started doing it and then heard about the Pomodoro technique so it was one of those funny things to try independently discover that that worked for me but I used it on like Friday afternoons when I needed to get a podcast out and I do an enhanced show that has pictures in it so it takes hours and Friday afternoon right. and evening is not my most productive time and so it was a way to get through what needed to be done it's you know for, for me it was 20 minutes of work 5 minutes of age of empire and then <laughs> you know, something that you could stop in the middle, you know, and get back to this. Um, and, and here's something, here's a key, if you want to memorize something, I don't know if anybody of you are old enough to remember that this old tapes uh, thing, my dad bought it for me, again, another thing I hated him for. Um, where there was a will, there's an A, if you remember hearing about that, it's like infomercials about it. Anyway... One of the tips, the really only tip I got out of there, which was helping me for study for stuff in high school, was that if you repeatedly, for short periods of time, look at stuff over and over and over again, instead of sitting there and reviewing all your notes for an hour, condense them down into short little sound bites or sound clips or, you know, uh, this happened at this point. Okay. And you make some flashcards. Take five minutes, review that card, done. One cycle. Then take a couple minute break and do it again. And your attention only goes so far. I mean, if you're looking at a graph, it would only go down a little bit and a little bit and a little bit in each of those five-minute bursts instead of in the hour. So it's the same concept. It's get that get you know get a specific thing done and then move on and do it again and again. And so there's something to be said for repetition and scheduling. So. Um, I did find that video. I can't play it here, but I'll, I'll tweet it out so you can all see it. So, if there's not any other questions, I guess you can do whatever you want. <laughs> Thank you.